Hey guys, and welcome back to Gals Getting Rich. I'm your host, Vatsa. And I'm your other host, Maeve. And today we're going to be comparing taxable brokerage accounts. So, what is a taxable brokerage? A taxable investment account lets you buy and sell investments like stocks, bonds, exchange-traded funds, ETFs, and index funds. And you can open one on an online broker with your financial advisor or with a robo-advisor and then deposit cash in the account to purchase securities. With taxable brokerage accounts, you pay taxes every year. In contrast, tax-sheltered accounts only involve paying taxes once, when you make your contribution or when you withdraw your money. That difference alone is not enough to discount any of these investment options. Yeah, and so these accounts are ones that are just not tax-sheltered. They are investment accounts, but you are not you know, having any advantage with your taxes, such as a 401k. You put in pre-tax money. You don't pay taxes on any of the income. It's a siren. Can you hear Literally, it? Yeah, I can hear it. It's like oh you live God. in New York. This happens every time. I know. <laughs> I know. So with a 401k, you contribute pre-tax money, and then it grows tax-free. And when you withdraw, that's when you pay taxes on it. With a taxable brokerage account, you pay taxes on the money going in, and then you pay taxes as you sell your stocks and bonds, etc. in your account. So you would pay taxes on whatever gain you had. If you put in $100 and it grew to $200 and you had a gain of $100, if your tax bracket was like 25%, then you would be taxed $25 and you would only keep $75. So why do people have taxable brokerage accounts? I know personally I have them as just to invest for long-term goals, but not necessarily for retirement. Yeah. So long-term goals can be anything. I think anything you're saving up for that is more than 10 years down the road is what you would use a taxable brokerage account for. You don't want to be saving necessarily for these long-term goals in a savings account because if they are that long-term, then you will be missing out on so much growth if you don't invest it. The reason why we don't invest in taxable brokerage accounts for our short-term goals, which are like five years-ish, is that the market could drop in that time frame. However, if you buy an investment and hold it for at least 10 years, there's like, I think it's like a 99% chance that you will you will gain money in that time frame. So the 10-year mark is your sweet spot of that's when I want to invest and not save in a savings account. So we have three topics we want to discuss today. The big three, so the big popular brokerage accounts. The second one is robo-advisors slash intelligent portfolios. And the third is cutesy accounts. They're not actually called cutesy accounts, but in our minds, I think they're like cute, very like gamified, um, just like fun vibe, like silly, goofy, fun girls. Like that's what we are. And that's how we like to be, especially while we're getting rich. Heck yeah. So like we said, first topic, the big three. What are the big three? The big three are arguably the most popular brokerages. I know I personally have a Charles Schwab account. I know many people who have Fidelity, and then the last one is Vanguard. They're just big companies. They're people who provide you these services, and they each come with pros and cons. So pros are they have the lowest prices. There's a lot of transparency within the companies. You have control over your money. They do offer intelligent portfolios if you were to change your mind, which is awesome. I actually, with Charles Schwab, have an intelligent portfolio, and then I also have a portfolio that I have control in. And for me, it's really fun to see how well... The one that I picked stocks in is doing well compared to my robo-advisor. Typically, my robo-advisor is doing better than me, and that's fine because either way, I'm making money. But it gives you the option to use a human advisor if you need. That does come with an extra cost, so you do have to pay for that. And generally, they have great customer service. 
And actually, along with all of these customer services, something that I value a lot, and we'll talk about that later in the episode. Then in terms of cons is, yeah, they're intimidating to open. Their interface is not always cute, but that's okay. They're still easy to use. It's just, you know, I don't think they necessarily appeal to the millennial vibe, if you know what I mean. And uh, there's no built-in tax loss harvesting with these, if, especially if you're managing your own account. I know Maeve has a whole list of her favorite funds in each of these financial institutions, and all of them track the total stock market and everything that Maeve invests in, I'm typically in agreement with. So I'm going to let her talk about what her favorite ETFs are. Yeah. So I, so I personally invest with Vanguard and I approach my taxable brokerage with a one fund strategy. I know a lot of people really like the three fund strategy out there, um, which the three funds would be U.S. stock market, global stock market, and bonds. I do one fund that is total stock market, no bonds, because I'm all about the risk. But if you were to open up an account with one of these three institutions, being Vanguard, Fidelity, or Charles Schwab, my three favorite funds that are in each are Vanguard is VT Sachs. That is V-T-S-A-X. Fidelity has F-Z-Rox, which is F-Z-R-O-X. And Charles Schwab has S-W-T-S-X. All three of these index funds track the total stock market, which is U.S. and global combined, although it is more biased towards the U.S. stock market. All of these funds have really low expense ratios, which is one of the reasons why I love them a lot. Vanguard has an expense ratio of 0.04%, Schwab's is 0.03%, and juiciest of all, Fidelity's FZROX has an expense ratio of 0%. I think it's called like their zero total stock market fund. It's super cool. And just so you guys have scale of what I'm talking about with expense ratios, that is the fee you pay to the financial institution for investing your money for you or for, you know, investing into this fund. Each fund has a different expense ratio depending on how managed it is. But oftentimes we see with these index funds that just track the market, there's not a whole lot of managing going in there. So these are just kind of like operating costs. So with that, they're able to keep their prices really low. And for scale, a 1% expense ratio is really high. I usually advise people that they should stay under 0.75%, but ideally you would stay under 0.5%. So with these being 0.04% or lower is really, really good. I have a little fun fact, actually. The founder of Vanguard, Jack Vogel, is credited as the inventor of the index fund. I personally use Vanguard, but I have absolutely nothing against the other two. I liked the history of Vanguard and how it got started with like Jack Vogel wanting to start a company that would operate very close to their operating costs so that they can offer the most competitive fees in the market. I feel like out of all the companies that claim to be a good guy, Vanguard is actually one of them. Their only downfall is that their ESG fund has a high expense ratio, in my opinion. Um, An ESG fund is an environmental, social, and governance fund, which are more aimed at being more socially and environmentally good. And I noticed As a trend, these ESG funds tend to have higher fees, but I was kind of hoping that Vanguard could offer a competitive ESG fund. But other than that, I have no complaints. 
No, and that's awesome how you bring that up because even in terms of ESG, going into our next topic for robo-advisors and intelligent portfolios, you can pick ESG stocks when you're picking your own stocks in a normal brokerage account. But if you were to do an intelligent portfolio or a robo-account, there are categories you can pick that actually show you ESG. So I personally have one with Wealthfront and and we'll talk about Wealthfront uh, as we go down our little list. But just wanted to point that out. Like, it is really interesting because there's a stat that shows certain ESG funds, sometimes they will try to charge you more because they, they know people will pay more money in fees to know that they're at least investing in something good. But it doesn't necessarily always have to be like that, one. And two, you also kind of end up worrying like, oh, if I invest in ESG, like what if my returns don't perform as well? There's another stat that actually says that ESG funds typically perform in line with the S&P 500. So essentially your total market fund, they're performing almost exactly the same. I think it's really interesting. ESG is a whole topic we could get into. Um, I actually love reading into it and, and talking about it because I know Maeve has also read this book, but there's a book called Wallet Activism. So how to vote with your dollars. And it's an incredible book. I think it really puts a lot of things into perspective and it even kind of explains like, look, like with your dollar, your how you're creating demand and, and how how you spend your money as a consumer changes how how things in the world will generally work, right? Like you want to incentivize good things and a lot of things like we complain about in terms of capitalistic stuff is because, yeah, like if people are paying money for it and it's creating demand for these bad things to happen, it's going to happen. But you can do the same thing and do good things. So that was my two-second rant into robo-advisors and intelligent portfolios. Intelligent portfolios are great for the beginner, hands-off investor who want to literally do nothing. There are a couple big boys in this field. The first one we want to talk about is Betterment, a lowdown of what they offer as an intelligent portfolio. They do have an account management fee of 0.25%. And then an investment fee of 0.11%. There is no account minimum and they have great tax loss harvesting. Maeve, do you want to talk about what tax loss harvesting is? Oh my gosh, yes. So tax loss harvesting is basically where at the end of the year, you look at your portfolio and you look at the stocks that are winning for you and then the stocks are not performing as well. And what you can do is realize a loss on your stocks that are not performing as well. So if you bought them at $5,000 and they're now valued at $2,000, you can sell them and then realize a $3,000 loss. With this $3,000 loss, you can take a tax deduction from this so that you then can deduct this $3,000 from your regular income when it comes to tax time. You can only do up to $3,000 a year. And it's nice that Betterment does this for you so that you are optimizing yourself for taxes and you don't have to do anything on your end. On the other hand, like with Vanguard, Fidelity, and Schwab, they don't have this built in. You have to do it manually, but Betterment has this built in. And I think Elvest and Wealthfront all have this built in as well. Yeah. And so Betterment Digital doesn't offer access to financial advisors. However, for a fee, anyone can buy an advice package that includes a consultation with an advisor, regardless of if they have a Betterment account or not. And their prices for this start at about $300, so like $299. I don't know if they add tax. Um, But why we like Betterment, Betterment has maintained its status as the largest independent robo-advisor for a reason. The company offers a powerful combination of goal-based tools, affordable management fees, and no account minimum. So like we said, pros to this are multiple portfolio options and customization, 
low account minimum and fees, fractional shares mean that all your cash is fully invested and robust goal-based tools. The cons are that there's no direct indexing. The second player we want to talk about is Elevest. This one is typically marketed towards women, although I think anybody can use it. You don't have to be a female to use it. And they actually have different packages of how they charge you money per month. So the essential package, which is the cheapest package, is a dollar per month. You can get Plus, which is actually $5 per month. Then there's Executive, which is $9 per month. And their investment account fees typically range between 0.06 to 0.23%. There's no account minimum, a creative-friendly environment for investing, and there's no human advisor access included in a membership. But members can purchase a a la carte access to coaches and CFPs for a discounted rate. Non-members, though, can access CFP through LFS for a retail price. And the third one is Wealthfront. I also have a Wealthfront robo-advisor account, and it requires a $500 minimum. The account management fee is 0.25%. However, if you use a referral code from someone, me, maybe Maeve, my mom, (laughs) you get up to $5,000 of money managed for free. And their investment fee is 0.08%. And you can import your tax loss harvesting data directly into TurboTax, which is actually super nice. And there is no human advisor option here. Why we like it, Wealthfront has built client trust by offering free management on the first 5000 which is what I mentioned earlier. You need that promo code. And even if you don't want to use anybody's promo code, I believe you can still get that deal on NerdWallet. And the company's stock-level tax loss harvesting service really shines. So pros to this one is you can get $50 customer bonus when you fund your first taxable investment account through NerdWallet or, again, any of our promo codes. We may end up adding... A promo code in our link so stay tuned or dm us email us reach out low etf expense ratios is another pro daily tax loss harvesting which we mentioned earlier and then automatic rebalancing i really like the fact that it, there's automatic rebalancing for any of these robo advisors just because it's so laissez-faire you don't have to worry about it if the market's down you know it'll buy stuff as long as it has cash there so all you have to do is keep reloading like keep adding your however hundred dollars a month whatever you want to do the con here though is it does not do fractional shares and there is no large balance discount meaning the more money you put in there's no discount there oh speaking of large discounts i did see that on betterment if you have a balance of two million or more they take off 0.1 percent fee which really isn't that much like if you have two million you can probably afford it but i did notice that is a thing Oh, wow. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, any money saved is a lot. Penny saved is a penny earned. Heck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So one other thing to consider, and this is the last thing before we get into our little cutesy accounts, is, okay, it's 10 p.m. Is your brokerage firm even available? I think one smart move to consider is, does the platform you're using support customer support options? So like it's almost as if Robinhood knew we were going to do an episode on this because they recently introduced a 24-7 phone support. And before then, the company infamously pushed email support and it took days to get a response, which was a major company problem. And it also lets retail investors trade securities that they they don't fully understand. So customer support is there when you have a question on your account, not when you're looking for financial advice. Still, everyone will need customer support at some point, hopefully for something simple like rolling over your 401k from a former employer into an IRA. But say you catch a potential mistake in your account, 
a three to five business day email response period will only infuriate you, especially if there's a balance wrong or something happened with your money. That's why you need a prompt support from someone who can actually help. 24-7 phone support is starting to become the norm, but it isn't quite there yet. Most of the traditional brokerage firms, including TD Ameritrade, Fidelity, and Charles Schwab, have all-day and all-night support hours, but actually Vanguard does not. If you often work on your finances on the weekends or at night, this might be a deal-breaker. But if you're allergic to picking up the phone, consider whether the company has live online chats with humans. Again, check the operating hours. As you weigh your choices for brokerage firm, don't equate an AI bot with real human support who really uses that for anything but typing and searching representative repeatedly until someone actually helps you. So just something to consider. I know I've been in that position and been extremely frustrated, but huge thing I want to point out, even though it's super simple and not necessarily money related. All right, Maeve, let's talk about cutesy accounts. Yeah, so our cutesy accounts are taxable brokerages that are not necessarily robo-advisors or they've like taken a different spin on how to invest. So typically these cutesy ones are more marketed towards Gen Z or the younger generation. They have super easy to use interfaces that make you feel like you know exactly where your money is, etc. Two accounts that come to mind for me are Robinhood and Acorns. Robinhood, I think, is really popular. Vetsa just mentioned it. Basically, you just put money in and then you can buy individual stocks or index funds, or they even offer crypto, I'm pretty sure. Robinhood has its ups and downs, such as during 2020 when GameStop was taking off in the market, they turned off trading of GameStop so that you couldn't buy any more GameStop while it was going to the moon, which is kind of unethical because it goes against the principles of a free market. A free market constitutes that you should be able to buy and sell at your own will, and Robinhood preventing its platform users from buying more of a certain stock is kind of dicey if you ask me. Personally, I wouldn't use Robinhood as your primary investment platform, but if that's what you're using, it's not a big deal. It's still a good platform. And if you're investing, that's better than nothing. Then there's also Acorns, which if you're not familiar, Acorns is a taxable brokerage account where you can start investing with $0 and they basically link your credit card to your account and they round up all your purchases and invest the money that they rounded up. So if you bought something for $5.25, they round it up to $6 and then invest that $0.75 for you. I think it's a really interesting take on investing and it's pretty mindless. So you can set it up to automate it, etc. However, Acorns does have fees. So I have the base package and it's about $3 a month, which if you consider a 10% growth in the market, in order to break even on $3 a month or $36 a year, you need to have at least $360 in your Acorns account to break even. So while it's fun and automated, if you do get an Acorns account, I would recommend having at least, at least $360 to invest from the get-go. On the other hand, it's really nice that these apps let you invest with almost like no money. Even the robo-advisors let you start with like a no minimum. With the index funds I mentioned before from Vanguard, Fidelity, and Charles Schwab, a lot of those have a minimum of $2,000. 
you can buy individual shares of their ETF equivalents. So I know VT Sachs has VTI that you can buy. I don't know, is it like 300-ish dollars? That's just one thing to know about those. There's also lots of different cutesy accounts as Buzzo and I refer to them as. I know there's ones that let you invest in like wine. I think it's called like VinoFest. There's also ones that like let you, I think it's called like Stay. It lets you invest in like um, in short-term rentals. There's lots of like, um, we're calling them cutesy, but they're just those extraneous eccentric ways of investing that, you know, they're not like the best way I'd say, but they're fun and they make investing interesting and they're great. But anyway, that's how Vuts and I see taxable brokerages. We break them down to three different topics. One, the big three bad boys out there, Fidelity, Schwab, and Vanguard. Two, the robo-advisors. We just named three of them, but there's many more. I think there's like SoFi and like Webull, et cetera. And three, the QC extraneous accounts. And if you have any questions, DM us on Instagram and we'll try to answer them either in our Instagram stories or in the next episode. But with that, I think we're going to hop into our money moves of the week. So Vatsa, do you want to kick us off with your money move? Yeah, I'll go first. Mine is super simple this week. I tried ThreadUp. Have you heard of it, Maeve? Yes. It is like an online thrift store and it's really cool. They'll send you like a giant bag and you put all your clothes that you're trying to get rid of or sell in a bag and it's free. Like the first kit doesn't cost any money. And I think I've gotten kits after the first time too as well. And they will take it, take it for free. And then they will list your clothes. So if somebody ends up buying your clothes on this website, you get some money. And so I took a bunch of clothes, sent it out and I'm waiting to hear back, but fingers crossed, I make at least a couple bucks. Wait, I did not know you can make money from it. Yeah. And then you so you can make money from it and then whatever they don't end up listing, they'll just donate. So it's a win-win because it's like, okay, well, I'm going to donate it anyways. And then if like a few things get sold, then that's amazing. That's so cool. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I do Poshmark, which I just have my own storefront and I list my clothes. And it's exhausting. Like, I don't really do that much. I just kind of let it run autopilot and I don't make many sales. So maybe I should try ThreadUp. It doesn't make that many sales. I also don't make that many Poshmark sales either. But um, ThreadUp is, like, good if you're, like, okay, you, you don't want any of the clothes back. Like, they just donate it, and I just like it because it really helps me clean out my closet quick. Yeah, shoot, I should do that. Okay, my money move of the week. I might have mentioned this already, or I told someone else. I bought a book from Amazon, which typically I would endorse going to a local bookstore and asking them to order a specific book for you. But I was impatient and I ordered from Amazon. But I got this cool new book that I'm loving. It's called 30 Days to a More Powerful Vocabulary by Dr. Wilfred Funk and Norman Lewis. And basically it's a workbook that helps you build up a better vocabulary. It's just 15 minutes every day for 30 days. I'm doing it during the month of August, and my mom actually bought the same book, and we're doing it together. It is so fun. I feel like I'm building up my vocabulary, but it's also just, like, breaking down words for me. Like, respect. I had no idea 
like the root word of respect, it kind of blows my mind. There's so many words I didn't think about. And I don't know, it's made me feel like a rich woman. And I just do in the morning, um, I go to cat sitting and I drink my coffee and do my little cat book while I watch the cats. That's kind of a double money move. That's a double money move. Yeah. Dude, Maeve, that's an awesome money move. I literally searched that on Amazon and ordered it and it's coming tomorrow. <laughs> so I guess did. I, I did. I did. Um, I'm excited. That's something that, you know, I always joke like, oh, English. I don't know English, but I do know English and I could be better at English. So it's a good investment. Yeah. Um, but with that, we hope you enjoyed. Don't forget, follow us on Instagram. Give us a rating and feel free to reach out to us, DM us, email us. Our links are going to be in the description below and we hope to see you next time. Bye guys. Thank you. Bye guys.